the Lord thanks for bringing us here this morning. Last week there was a raging storm looming over us, but this week here we are together in the house of God. Let us pause. Let us pause as we acknowledge Him and those who are watching us by the World Wide Web. Welcome. Let's all join together as we acknowledge the presence of the King of Kings. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for your goodness, for your loving kindness, and for your mercy. We acknowledge your presence here today. We open our hearts, O oh God, and we receive of you as we give you back all the worship and all the praise. May your Holy Spirit anoint and empower, and may you be glorified in all that we do and say. Those who are watching us by the World Wide Web, as well as those in the congregation today, thank you for your presence with us. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. Would you put your hands together, please, and welcome the worship team led by Sister Lloyd. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm so happy to see you guys. We are in the land of the living, and we're able to come to church and see our brothers and sisters. Is everyone well this morning? Yes. Is everyone well this morning? Hallelujah. We want to lift the name of Jesus high this morning. Ready when you are. Lord, I lift your name, oh, and I love to sing your praise. 
is good. I told my husband, I said, one of the things that the Lord has been, uh, uh, you know, impressing on my heart for the last two weeks is that no matter what, he is good. We say it all the time, and yes, it may sound cliche, but God's goodness is wrapped up in every area of our lives, right? And my prayer is that when I'm up, when I'm down, when I'm sad, when I'm happy, when I'm good, when I don't feel so good, I want to consistently be able to confess God is good. Do I have any witnesses? So Grace, I'm going to help me lead. Lord, you are good. Hallelujah.
called me and said, you guys all right over there? Aren't we happy to have our brothers and sisters? Right? Irma has thought, taught us that we need our brothers and sisters. Right? We can love on each other. We can share. We can give. I have water. You need water. I have bread. You need bread. We can do that. Right? So we're going to get a chance right now to love on our brothers and sisters. I encourage you. I implore you to come out of your seat and go hug somebody's neck. Is that all right?
this morning. We worship God this morning. He's mighty to save. He's mighty to deliver. He's mighty to set free. Hallelujah. He's mighty to keep us. He's mighty to shelter us. He's mighty to cover us. Hallelujah. Our God is mighty. He's mighty to save. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
is a way maker, a promise keeper, a miracle worker. And we can testify to that. If you are living in South Florida, you can testify to that. Amen. And so as we come in prayer, we want to give God thanks because he's been so good to us. And no matter what your circumstance has been, whether it's been without water for a few days or without light, but you know what? We were still in our homes. There are people who didn't have any home. No matter how hot it was, we were not in a shelter. And that's how we have to look, because no one escaped untouched. But God was so gracious and rich in mercy. He was. It was coming our way. And people prayed and God heard. Amen. And today we are so grateful for life. And as we go to him in prayer, let's have a grateful heart. Forget the heat, the trickling water, or no water. God did great things for us. And we want to give him thanks. Would you bow your heads, please? And let's take a moment. Look away from what was uncomfortable, what you didn't like about it, your very fears that may have captivated your heart, anxiety about the worst that could happen. But today, you're alive, and we're in the house of God. It's dry. Hallelujah, there's air conditioning. We have a lot to be thankful for. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. With grateful hearts, we bow before your throne. We acknowledge your mercy. We acknowledge your goodness. We acknowledge your compassion, which never fails. Thank you that you made a way. You redirected the hurricane. You're a miracle worker. You beat science. You beat the predictions. And you stood in the way, oh God. And you watched over your people. Father, we give you thanks. And yet our hearts mourn for those who suffer such tremendous loss. Those who have lost their loved ones, they've lost properties. We are not insensitive to them, God, and their needs. But our hearts overflow with gratitude for all that you have done. We give you thanks, O Lord. And today as we come, we bow our hearts with humility. Lord, we pause to reflect in our direction. We pause to reflect on where you are in our lives. And we ask God that this first Sunday after Irma, that, oh God, we would make a new decision, take a new position, that God indeed would be first place in our lives. For he is sovereign. You are sovereign. You are in control. You rule in the affairs of man. And you call us God to serve you with all our heart. So we bow ourselves before you. And we acknowledge who you are. You are in control. We ask you to forgive us, O oh Lord, where we doubted. Forgive us where we were overcome with fear instead of trust in you. Forgive us when we murmured and complained, O oh God, instead of having a thankful heart. We humbly ask your forgiveness. And today, we ask God that you administer to each one that's here, the one that's hurting, the one that has a need, whatever the nature of the need. Lord, you have sent a word 
And we ask that your word would touch each heart. Those who are here, those who are watching us by the World Wide Web, minister to every need. Let no one leave the way they came. The one who has never said yes and surrendered to Jesus. We pray that the Holy Spirit would truly convict, convince, and cause them to surrender. The one that is a backslider, playing around with their faith, oh God. We ask that today, the Holy Spirit would also convict and would lead them back to the Father who loves them so much. Father, we pray for the ones who suffer loss, that you comfort, that you'd send help, oh God. Send help, oh God. May all the aid goes to the people that truly need. Remember those in the islands, oh God, who have been devastated. They don't have a roof over their head. Send help from the sanctuary. Send help, oh God. Touch the hearts of those who have the means. Raise up help, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And let the help reach to those who are most needy. God, we thank you today. We ask that you'd anoint your men's servant who brings the word. That our hearts would receive faith to accept the word and to obey the word. God, we commit this service to you. We commit each one that's here today. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. And I'm just going to ask Sister Lohan and the worship team to lead us in. Uh, give thanks with a grateful heart. With a grateful heart.
Church congregation. Hallelujah. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks. We're so glad that you came to the house of God. How we missed being here last week. But God, thank God for this week. Thank God that we can be here together. So we want to welcome you to the house of God. Some of you have had very stressful week, most of us. But we thank God that we made it. Amen? Thank God. And we want to welcome those of you who are visiting with us for the very first time. Maybe it's your first time at Living Word. We want to identify you. Our ushers have a specially prepared packet. It's Youth Sunday. And we have some young at heart supporting the youth. And uh, we wear blue usually on Youth Sunday to support them. And so if you would just stand so we can identify you real briefly. If it's your first time visiting at Living Word, they have a specially prepared welcome packet for you. Thank you so much. I know there are some others. We put our hands together and we just bless you and welcome you. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Right here in the front. Amen. Thank you so much. As soon as you get the package, you may be seated. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Now is a great time to open the packet. We have a connection card in there. We'd like to be connected with you. We promise we're not going to solicit, so you don't have to be afraid. You can complete it uh, legibly. And we want to send you a note of thanks in the mail. How about those who are visiting with us for the second time? Maybe you came and you were blessed and you came back second or third time. Anybody who's a second or third time guest at Living Word, right? Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Nice to have you back. Amen. We have a blue connection card for you, and um, we just want to offer you a little more information about the church, and you can check the menu there if there's something you want to know about, and um, for both the first time and our second and third time visitors, when the offering bucket comes by, it's a great time to drop your completed card, and we will be in touch with you. And I want to thank those who are visiting. We know there are family members here. We have Natasha's mom. We have Sister Orlet's mom, Sister Doreen's sister over there, and others may be visiting. We want to welcome you, Sister Valda's friend up here in the front, Sister Beverly. Welcome to all of those family members and friends who are visiting with us. Thank you for taking time to come to the house of God. Amen. Amen. We truly give God thanks. We have a special announcement at this time by um, Deacon Daniel. He's going to come and he's going to make his announcement. Would you put your hands together, please, as we welcome him? Thank you very much, Sister Francis. Good morning, church. We are alive, right? We are here this Sunday morning. Last Sunday morning, different story, right? Amen. And when you see me come up here this time of the year, it's because of pastor's appreciation. Those of us who have gone through and seen the hurricane and the storm and everything, you know, the storms of life. But when we know that we have a good pastor and good pastors and that there are people we can call on and that sometimes the phones are down and you couldn't reach them, but they were there for us and they called and they want to find out how well you were and some people call even late and some people call early, but they were there for us. Amen? And we want to make sure that we honor them. And so when you came in, you got... A pastor appreciation day envelope in your in your packet. We want you not to take one every Sunday. If you took one last Sunday or the Sunday before, 
Don't take another one all the time. We just give them out because we don't know who came in the Sunday's past. So please don't take another one. What we ask you to do is pray, think about it, whatever you want to give in appreciation for your pastors on pastor appreciation. You don't need to put it in today, so please don't put it in the offering bucket today or the rest of this month for that matter. Let's begin to, let's use it for the month of October, but we just want you to have it. We want to make sure that you, you pray about it. Nobody, you're under no obligation to put X, Y, or Z, but whatever you want to put, it would be appreciated. Amen? Amen. And so we want to make sure you understand that. For those who are asking also what colors we are using for this year, I was informed by the ladies again that it's fuchsia and lime green. I hope I got it right. But it's, uh, it is colors that we used in the past. We don't want you to go to buy any, anything. Um, you can use the same colors, fuchsia and lime green. I leave those colors up to the ladies. I don't even quite identify what is fuchsia, but I, you know. When I was in kindergarten, they didn't teach me that one. You know, so, but um, I will leave that up to you. And, um, and they, uh, but it's fuchsia and lime green, those I got asked after 11 or after the 8 o'clock service, what are the colors? So, fuchsia and lime green. All right? And so, we are going to give you, in the next week or so, you would have a full um, overview of the program as we go forward. And um, just, let's thank God that we can all stay dry. Amen? And um, keep your pastors up in prayer. If there's nothing else, uh, we want you to come out on the third Sunday, uh, the third Friday night in October. We want that to be a special prayer night for our pastors. Amen? We want everyone who has not come out, if you never came out for prayer, came out, come out that time and let's pray for them. Because no matter what you give in these envelopes, no matter what you give, if we don't pray for them, it, it, it's useless. Amen? And so we're going we're gonna to give a, what I call a clarion call. You know, and we don't have to wait for us, Tom, to pray. I mean, uh, it's always interesting. Everybody was waiting for us, Tom, to pray. And everybody was praying, you know. And I always, as I said to 8 o'clock, the marketplace was empty. If I only could sing, I would sing that song. The marketplace was empty. In the courtroom in Florida, there was no debate. You know, there was no debate. You know, and what did they say after that? But they were waiting. They all wait. Because in the courtroom, no debate. The marketplace was empty. And we just waited and waited. And we couldn't do anything. With all our technology, we couldn't do anything. Just wait. God was in control still. Amen? Thank you, Deacon Daniel. And the truth is a storm came. But there's a greater storm coming. One that cannot be diverted. And so we need to get ready because the warning is in the word of God. We hear it in the sermons, in the teachings, and that storm cannot be diverted. And the meteorologists cannot predict it. It's already in the word of God. Very clear. And it is going to happen. So the greatest thing we can do in our lives is to be prepared by preparing our heart for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. I have a couple announcements for you. When you came in, you should have received one of these bulletins. We specially prepare them so you can have them throughout the week. You can put them with a magnet on your refrigerator or someplace where you can see them to remind you. And um, one of the things that's coming up is our women's conference, our 2017 women's conference. And last um, year in March, we had a great conference. Almost 400 women came. And I've had women call me and ask me, what about this March? Well, our region had a women's retreat, so we didn't want to compete with them. But the first weekend in November, 
the Friday evening the 3rd and Saturday all day we'll be having our 2017 women's conference and the theme is ignite our passion and how we need our passion ignited for God so we want everyone to come ladies teen girls and uh, we have registration begun because we have limited space and other churches are coming we've sent out the invitation other churches are coming so you have the cheapest price before the 15th of October so look at the card everybody got one in their bulletin if you wait until the end the rate goes up that's just the way life is amen so we want you to register we have special price for the teen girls and full-time college girls because we want them to be here the cost of two big McDonald's special meals okay so they can afford it $20 for the teens and the full-time college student if you're working and go to college you pay 35 hello hello is anybody in church today so don't look at me so silent <laughs> so seriously though we want our teens to come we want our college girls to come so we make it very reasonable for them and then of course ladies it's 35 it's the same thing as last year tell me what have you found this year a year and a half later and it's the same price like last year nothing everything is going up but we have tried to keep it because it's not about money making it's trying to get our ladies in tune with god stirred up passionately for god so we can do great things to god we have a lineup of wonderful anointed um women and a medical doctor that's coming by popular request he spoke last year and the women wanted him back so he shuffled his schedule he's the head of OBGYN for memorial miramar and um, a very notable doctor comes down for right where we are and so it, you're getting a wonderful package amen so we hope you'll be praying there's t-shirt you don't want to miss the t-shirt want to light up the church as we gather together a flame for god symbolic of what god is going to do so please make sure you register early invite your friends take one of the flyers give to your friends your neighbors ladies teens invite them out amen amen hallelujah you have to wake up for the message you have to miss what god is sending then i want to remind you that next friday bible connection um, church in carl springs one of our sister churches that originated out of this church pastor eileen thomas they're having their fifth anniversary fundraising banquet we'd like to support them it's 50 dollars for adults 25 for children under 12. if you're interested in going you need to let us know we can get tickets for you we have some tickets here but we can get some more tickets please let us know amen it would be wonderful to show our support okay the rest of the announcements you can find here please be reminded you'll see um, reverend kwabi and others from the small group they're signing up if you've never been in a small group you're missing out that's the place where we grow where we can interact together somebody knows we're not around because we belong to that small group and they look and we're not there they can touch bases we can grow in our faith so you want to be involved in a small group amen so the sign of table is out there and let's be praying trusting god get involved god does not call bench christians he calls us from the bench to get in the game he wants us to be in the game with him amen the best way to start is to get into 
this small group. Be involved. Amen. I'm going to invite the ushers to come at this time. And our youth ushers and our near youth ushers are going to come. And as pastor said um, in the early service, you missed last week, so you know what that means. <laughs> I'm so glad some of you get it. Hallelujah. Touch your neighbor. Say, do you know what that means? Amen. <laughs> the lights still go on. The mortgage still needs to be paid. The workers still need to be paid. That made you come into a wonderfully clean and well-prepared place for you. So don't cheat on yourself because when you give, you open your hand for God to bless you in return. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Sister Carmenta. I'm asking one who is nearly as young <laughs> to ask the Lord's blessing on you and on your gift. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this is the day you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And as we continue our worship, God, we pray that you will bless the offering and the tithes. Bless the givers and the gifts, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. And we will allow the musicians to minister right now. God bless. Discombobulated, there will be no evening service this evening. 
next week we return to our regular schedule. So we do have Bible study, Bible classes, Awana on Tuesday. So please come along on to the adult and just the children Bible study on Tuesday. But this evening we usually have our breakout, men and women breakout. We're not going to have that this evening. Give everyone a chance to get their lives a little bit more in order. And we also want to remind you to keep praying for Sister Rampasad. She's doing much better. Those of you on the prayer network, she's improved a lot. But um, she's in the hospital over in Hudson Lucy. We want to keep her in prayer. Okay? It's my pleasure to welcome our senior pastor, Reverend Carl Francis, who brings the word of God. Let's open our hearts and receive the word. Praise the Lord. God is good at all the time. We certainly found out again and reminded of how the goodness of God this past week, hasn't we? And uh, we're so thankful for his goodness to us. And it's good to see your faces. We miss you. I hope you missed us as well. But we try to connect with you with the app. And uh, many of you got messages. I hope you, if you downloaded the app, some 80 people downloaded the app during the time of the hurricane. Uh, so we noticed that that app number jumped a lot. And so that was good. So you were getting messages. That's how we plan to communicate with you, and uh, we're going to be able to do that in the future. Also, I told the earlier service that we are going to be having a hurricane preparedness meeting where we want to make sure that we know how we can communicate with you, who really needs urgent help, who needs what, and we're going to be doing that in the early part of January because we have to let everything calm down contractors are busy everybody's cleaning up there's a lot of work to be done when things return to normalcy we'll have the hurricane meeting and uh, so that we can find out who needs help so that you don't wait for the last minute to ask for help and we know that we know who needs help and we can deal with some things earlier and we can plan and prepare and there's some tips we can give you and some help that we can offer so as a family church family we want to be able to do that we want to be proactive. And we learn a lot of things from this hurricane that we can put into practice as to what best steps we need to take. So this has taught us a lot. And thank God we didn't get a full direct hit. So if we did get a direct hit, we need to know what we need to do, where you're going, what's going to happen, how does the church come in, all kinds of different things. That will be said to you at the hurricane prepared. Uh, preparedness meeting. We'll give you advance notice so you'll be able to do that. We're going to bring in some experts some experts as well. We're going to bring in some people who can guide us and give some instructions. We're going to give in some, bring some contractors who will be able to talk to you if you need to know what you can do and some things. So you have some contact. Who could you call? What help you need? So we're going to work on that way. But in the meantime, we're so thankful that God made a way. He made a way. Come on, stand together with me. He made a way. Yes. He made a way. He made a way. He moved mountains.
there was a direct hit coming there were a lot of fear and anxiety many have never been through one to know what was expected what was coming but God gave the shift and he shifted it away so that we didn't get a direct hit and so the fears fell when he moved Irma amen and with his power he performed miracles and that's why we're standing here today only because he made a way. Give him a hand again. Give God. He's worthy. He's good. God is good indeed. Hallelujah. You got your Bibles out. You turn with me to the book of Acts and the third chapter. Acts chapter 3. We want to look this morning at the story of a man with whom God made a way. And we want to look at how he works. How does God work? And learn from his situation. In Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse 1 through to verse 10. Reading from the New King James Version, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping, stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that your words are life unto those that find them. And literal medicine unto all flesh. We ask that you would speak to us now as only you can, God. We want to hear from you. We want to be guided by you. We want your Holy Spirit to touch our hearts, to change our lives, 
that they will never be the same after today. He wants you a word from your Rima word, a word for this hour, a word for this moment. Somebody needs that special word, God. Somebody came today expecting and believing and anticipating. So Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Speak clearly. Take my lips, my faculty, my whole being. Take full control of my whole being. And use me for your glory, for your praise, and for your honor. That you will be glorified and your people will be edified and the devil will be terrified. In Jesus' name and all God's people says, Amen. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them, don't give up on God. Come on, tell two persons, don't give up on God. We want you to remember that today. Don't give up on God. That's important. You know, I want to, you know, I don't know what question or what are you asking God for today. But it's so important to ask the right questions. In many situations, there is a don't ask, don't tell policy. Do you know that? You go to some place and if you don't ask the right questions, you won't get the right answers. There are benefits that we miss out on because we didn't ask the right question. And so, you know, uh, you have to learn to ask the right questions. I remember we were in a store purchasing some goods, and uh, it was going to be somewhere over $200. And just out of the curiosity, we said, when, will, when are these items going to go on sale? And the lady said, tomorrow they'll be 40% off. Well, you know, you know what we did. Of course. If they're going to be 40% off tomorrow, why take them today. But if we didn't ask, she wasn't going to tell us. We would have paid for the money, left the store, and left money on the table because we never asked the question. We Bible says you have not because you what? Ask not. We have to learn to ask the right questions. Our attorneys over here, but we have several, a couple of attorneys, they know it's so important to ask the right questions. If you don't ask the right questions in a, in a case, you're not going to get the answer that you really need. And so learning to ask right questions is important. And so we need to learn to ask the right questions. Here is this man in a very difficult situation. He could not go to work as most people. He was crippled from birth, the Bible says, and it left him no option in his mind but to become a beggar. He was totally dependent on others to carry him to the place that he chose to beg. You walk, as you drive around town, you see people at the stoplight. They pick the stoplight. Because when you and I come up to the stoplight and it is red, we have to stop. And it is there that they come and they hold up their sign and they walk along each car hoping somebody will be able to help them. You know, we were in, uh, in Nigeria, and there's, in Nigeria what happens is that you have these uh, policemen who actually, they, they wait for you when the road changes to a bad road and you have to slow down. And actually, you know what they do? They actually wait for you and they put out into the road a barbed wire thing to puncture your tire. These are policemen. And you are supposed to slow down 
and you are supposed to know what they want. They want money. And if you don't give them money, they sort of try to block your way from going, so puncture your tires so you don't go anywhere. But so what you have to, so especially those who are taxi men, they just know one thing already. So as soon as they come to that place and they slow down and they see the thing stick out on the thing, they just hand the money out the window. The thing is pulled away and they drive through. We were, we were in a car with a friend where we, we went for ministry there and this was uh, one of the members of the church and he was driving and he knows the situation. And he's from Nigeria, so he knows what is happening. So when they stick the thing out, he just started driving down. He started driving down on them. And, and, they, and, and he, he revved up that engine, and they had to jump out of the way, and then he was gone. I mean, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> you, it's scary at first. Uh, because, you know, you're not accustomed to breaking the law, so to speak. But this was the law, but not the law. You know. And so, you, you know, we got these situations that we, we sometimes are in. And, and here is this man that was totally dependent on people to help him out. And he was always looking handouts. So he chose and he picked the temple, the Bible says. He picked the gate of the temple. And here is an interesting thing is that the gate was called beautiful. Here was he in a beautiful environment but with very difficult situation. And so the Bible tells us that he picked that place. Why? Because every time they were going to prayer, which was three times a day, there was a morning prayer, the midday prayer, and the ninth hour prayer. And so they, every time they're going to prayer, he would also be able to ask them for alms. And so that's where he stayed, and that's where that place that he picked. And he was always dependent on people to carry him there. He couldn't go by himself. Every day his desire and expectation was to ask for money. The only thing he was interested in was to ask for money. It never crossed his mind that there was something more than money. It never crossed his mind that he could ask for something greater than money. You see, he had gotten, because it's that we, we're going to look at it, he had been there for so long. He had, you can be in a difficult situation for so long that you get settled in the rut. You become to accept it as norm. And you accept it and settle in it. And you don't begin to think that you will going to get out of this situation. And so this man accepted his situation. And so all he could think about is that if I just get money, I can get my friends to take me to buy bread. But I want you to notice where he was. He was at the gate of the temple. And the possibility lied for him to be healed. But he never crossed his mind about healing. Because you see, many times for us, what we think about is the immediate needs. Because the quickest thing and the fastest thing for him in his mind, if I get money, I can get bread. If I get money, I can pay for what I need to pay for. But there was something, he was closer to the answer for his whole situation more than he thought. And so what I want to say to you today, you need, if you're in a situation, a long-term problem, and you're in a situation that looks like it's never changing, I don't want you to get comfortable in that situation. I want you to say, this may be who I am now, but by the grace of God, this is not who I'm going to be. 
This may be who I am now, but by the grace of God, this is not who I'm going to be. You need to rise up and recognize, I don't have to remain in this situation. My situation can change. Does anybody want your situation to change this morning? You need to be able to say that. that, that that's not what, what I am, but this is not who I'm going to be. And so I want you to think about where his situation. And I want you to see him at the entrance of the temple. He could not go inside the temple because of his condition. Because he was incapacitated that way, the law of Moses did not allow him inside the temple. So he had to be out in the court. So that's why he was at the gates of the temple. And that's where he stayed. And all he thought about was money. But there was something bigger than handouts available to him. There was healing. Can I tell you, some people are in church. They sing the songs. They pray the prayers. They listen to the sermons. But they're still not able to receive what God has for them because you haven't learned to ask as God wants you to ask. You haven't learned to ask the question the way you should ask it. Why? Because you and I need to learn to ask God for big things. Sometimes we want the people just want to ask, Lord, just give me lunch money. When God can give you more than lunch money. Some people just want it during a hurricane. Oh God, if I can just get the place boarded up on a, on a little bottle of, on a little thing of a case of water. Other people were not asking for that. You know what they were doing? They were telling the storm, go away. They were saying, in the name of Jesus, we're sending you to another way. They were asking for bigger and more things than just those simple things. We need to understand the God that we serve, that we serve a big God. And you need to stop asking for little pity things and let's begin to ask God for some real things. Let's begin to ask God for the real solution. Let's begin to ask God for things that can really solve your problem. Instead of asking God just for rent money. Instead of asking God just for gas money. Instead of asking God just for lunch money today. Why not ask him for a home and a mortgage and a, and a job that you can pay the mortgage and pay the rent. And, 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 sorry, and buy the gas and pay for the lunch and do all the other things and have left over. Because he's a God of more than enough. Can I tell you this morning, we serve a big, big God. And so the Bible says, you have not because we ask not. You know, some people are afraid to ask. I remember a situation that my wife and I was dealing with an attorney for a, a, a maybe a couple of years. And um, at the end of the time when we went in to settle with him and he was, you know, he had done his work and he had completed and he was wrapping up the case and, uh, and I was getting ready to ask him about the discount. My, my wife, I heard my wife blurted out, of course we don't owe you anything. I said, I'm saying it myself. The next thing I know, the, the attorney says, yeah, yes, you're right. I think the man was taken by surprise or whatever it was. But whatever it was, God, she was bold enough to declare that. And God was giving her favor enough for him to say, yeah, you're right, you don't owe me anything. God had made a way. Somebody else was taking care of the situation in another way that we were not even aware of. But because she said what she said and asked what she asked, God gave away. God Because if we had not said anything, we'd have gotten a big bill. But because she said what she said, of course we don't owe you anything. 
Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, that boldness and courage. Um, <laughs> and so, I was so happy when the man said, when, we, when, when we're going down, I said, my goodness, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I said, what a wonderful thing to have a bold wife. <laughs> a wife who can believe, with, believe for great things. Amen? Oh, my goodness. And so we were blessed. And my friends, you have to learn to ask. Not be afraid. Sometimes we just think, you know, God's not going to do this. I mean, and we try to reason, boys, well, uh, how can I ask for that? It's a, that's going to be a big thing to ask. But we serve a God. Listen to what the Bible says. He is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or even think. Hallelujah. Give him praise this morning. That's the God we serve. He's able. And so we want to learn to be bold and courageous to ask of God. Because his resources are not going to run out. He's not the federal government that is almost bankrupt. He's not the federal government. God is bigger than them. His resources are unlimited. And so we need to remember that. And sometimes we are afraid to ask for big things with God. But the other one is we need to learn to ask. And so this fellow this morning, here's what I wanted to say to you first. So we learn a principle from him. Because, you see, he was focusing on what people could do for him. And so the first principle I want to be able to show you is this one. Here's the principle number one. Principle number one is this. When you focus, when your focus is limited to what people can do for you, it causes you to miss what God can do for you. Because, you see, you're dependent on what people can do for you. And if you focus on only what people can do for you, you're going to miss what God can do for you. My friend, we serve a God who is in charge of everything. We serve a God who owns it all. When we quote the earth as the Lord's and the what? The fullness thereof. He owns everything. Everything belongs to God. And so it is that we need to remember that, that we don't want to look to people. We want to look to God. That's what about George Howell. I mean, he was such a, 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 such a great, is it Howell? George Mueller, sorry. George Mueller, my good friend. He was a man who never looked to any man for anything. Anything Mueller wanted, he talked to God about it. And he documented every time he talked to God. And every time he asked God for big things, a great thing. Imagine he built many orphanages, huge buildings, supported hundreds of children, provided food for them every day by never sending one request out, never sending a letter to anybody, never making an appeal to anybody, never said I need a penny from anybody. The only person he knew the goes to was talk to God and tell you God provided millions for him. That was back over maybe 100 years ago. That was a long time. You know, millions of dollars, and that was pounds then. Do you know how much that is worth? Because he was in England. That's a lot of money to build buildings, to provide for the children, hundreds of children. And he never, ever made a request. And if you ask him, Mr. Mueller, what is your need today? He would never tell you. He would say, you, he would tell you, you can talk to God, will tell you. 
That's what he will tell you. He says, God will speak to you about it. He will never tell you a need. He never expressed a need. He never asked for help. He never looked for requests anywhere. The only person he goes to was God. So let me tell you, my friend, depend on the Lord. He is able. And so this morning, I want you to remember, that's the first thing. Don't give up on God. He's able. The Bible says, whatsoever you desire, Jesus says, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And then Peter, Peter not only uh, said, look at us, but Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but I tell you what I got in the name of Jesus. I got to tell you something. You have something too, right? You too can say in the name of Jesus. And Peter says, I don't have money, but I have got the anointing. And I know a name that I can use. I know a name that I can trust. I know a name in which there is deliverance. I know a name in which there is victory. I know a name in which there is healing. I know a name in which there is hope. I know a name that can change things. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And Peter not only did, he had confidence in it. He reached out and he took the man's hand and he pulled him up. And immediately the man jumped up and the Bible says his ankles were strengthened. Praise God. My friends, you and I need to use the name of Jesus. I remember when we were in our home during the storm and the light went and it blinked and blinked and then it went out. We said, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And then the next thing, oh, it come right back on. You know, uh, we, we, we had light from the Sunday night. We lost it for a short time. And then it came back on. But at the point of the matter is that it wavered a couple of times. Got to tell you that. But boy, did, I, did we plead the name of Jesus. You've got to use the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is hope in the name of Jesus. So my friends, you and I, no matter what your circumstance and your situation, you need to learn to use that name. Jesus says, if you ask the Father anything in my name, I will do it. When you and I ask in your name, and here's what Jesus says, hitherto, have you asked anything in my name? Ask that your joy may be full. Do you want your joy to be full today? Then you're going to ask in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. We're not, it's not a formula. It is not a formula, my friend. It is the fact that there is power in his name. It is not a formula that we use. It is the fact that we have a relationship with him. It is the fact that we have confidence in him. It is the fact that we trust him. It is the fact that we believe in him. That's what makes the difference. It's not a regular formula if you just say in the name of Jesus. Many people say in the name of Jesus nothing happens. But when you have a relationship with him. When you know that you know who he is. When you understand that there is true power in his name. And when you expect that when you're saying the name of Jesus, something is going to happen. And you believe in God. And you're trusting God. And your hope is in God. Can I tell you, he's going to back you up. Use the name of Jesus because he is the answer to our situation. And Peter used that name and experience. Now I want to tell you something. You see... They were, there was this man. What he did not know is that today was going to be a different day. The Bible says they carried him. Every day they took him to the, every day they took him. Every day they took him. 
His friends carried him every day, laid him down at the gate. Here comes Peter and John on this day. To him, it's just another day. But in God's calendar, this was a special day. You don't know when your day is, my friend. Today could be your day of deliverance. Today could be your day of victory. Because you see, God had earmarked on his calendar a day for him to be delivered. God already planned it. Because remember, the Bible says, all our days are already numbered by the Lord. All our days are already ordained by him. And so even though this was a grown man at this point, God already ordained that this was going to be the day. And here comes Peter and John. And, and he looked out and he held out his can. And he was looking for something, just, just, just some money to buy bread again, as usual. But Peter says, oh, no, no, something is different today. But you know what is interesting? It wasn't very long ago that Peter had been touched with the Holy Ghost. You see, it was the power of the Holy Ghost that made a difference. Peter had not too long ago been filled with the Holy Ghost. And with a, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, he knew he had something different. There was something different. When you have the Spirit of God and the power of God in you, you have something different, my friend. And you and I need to begin to recognize that. And Peter says, I want to tell you, friend, today is a different day. I don't have any money to give you today. I may have given you money before, but today I don't have any silver or gold. I got something better for you. Can I tell you, God has a better plan for you, my friend. God has something bigger than what you may be asking for today. And so you and I need to be ready for what God wants to do today. Is this your day? Could this... Could this be your day today? Are you ready for it? That's what it is. You see, you have to be expecting when you're asking God. You can't ask God and don't expect to see it happen. Now, let me give you a story of what happened. You remember the story of Peter who was actually imprisoned. And Peter went to prison. And Herod had put him in prison and was waiting for the Easter to pass so that he could kill him because he had already killed James, the brother of John. And he saw that the people were pleased with that. So he captured Peter, put him in prison. And I got to tell you, he was in a lot of, there were many, many guards around. There were many steps to get him out of that prison. And you know what happened? The church that Peter belonged to, they started a prayer vigil. And this was not a one-night stand. The Bible tells us there was constant prayer being made for him. In other words, there was a shift here. And when these people were over, another shift came. And when this shift was over, another shift came. 24 hours, day after day, they were praying for Peter. But 24 hours, there was no break. Constant prayer, praying. But let me ask you a question. Do you think they were praying for Peter to be released next week? When were they praying for Peter to be released? No, isn't that true? They were asking God, send, send deliverance. Make a way for Peter now, God. Release him now, God. And I believe they were calling in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus that would release him now. And while they were praying, there came a knock. On the door. And the little girl in the prayer meeting ran to the door and says, who is it? And, 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 and Peter said, it's me, Peter. And she recognized the voice. And the Bible says because she was so excited, 
She didn't open the door. She ran to them. She grabbed the lady who was praying. She said, Peter is at the door. Peter is at the door. She, the lady said, we're praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, release Peter. She grabbed him again. She said, no, 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 no. Peter is at the door. Peter is at the door. You know what the Bible says? The, the lady the per, that turned to her and says, you're out of your mind. In the name of Jesus, release him, God. And, and, and she said, no, no, no. Peter is at the door. And when they couldn't accept that he was out of her mind, the, the Bible says they turned up and said, it's not Peter, it's his angel. In the name of Jesus, release him now, God. Release him now. Peter kept knocking. Peter kept knocking. They suddenly realized, wait a minute, the knocking is constant. They ran to the door. They opened the door, and they heard a knock. And they said, and when they opened the door, the Lord Peter came out. And this Bible says they were astonished. Now, isn't that interesting? We are praying for God to answer no. But in our minds, we really don't expect it to be now. You see what I'm trying to say? We want, we say now. But we don't really think now because you know what happened? Here's what was going through their mind. They were saying, well, we're praying God that you deliver him now. But God, let me explain to you some things that you don't know. You see, God, Roman prisons are very different than what happens up in heaven. You see, God, Roman prisons... They have guards and chains around their feet and their ankles and, their, and around their hands and they're strapped. And there are quadrants of guards and there are several steps. And there's a huge gate guard with a lock that nobody can get through. And so you see, God, we want you to understand that this is the challenge we have. But we are still asking you to release him now. But, God, you need to understand. That even after I pass the first set of guards, God, there's another set of guards. But we're still asking you, release him now. But God, the problem is that if he is released now, no soldier is going to allow that. Because if a soldier let a prisoner get away, he has to die in his stead. And God, no prison, no soul, no guard is going to do that. But Father, in the name of Jesus, release him now. So we reason with God about why it can't happen now while we are praying for it to happen now. Hello? That's what's going on. And so we are calling now. We're praying for now. But in our minds and in our head, we are, we, all the obstacles are there and we are walking through them one by one. Why no, does not, it's not as feasible, but we would like it now. My friends, here's the thing. The second principle I want you to understand is principle number two. If you're going to your deliverance about no, here's what I want you to hear today. This is it. Today will only be the best day for your deliverance if you are expecting. You can't be praying for it and not be what? Expecting it. You see, they were having the prayer meeting, praying for Peter to be delivered, 
But when Peter was delivered, they were, they were, they were amazed. They were astonished. Why? Because they really weren't what? Expecting. You and I, when we pray, need to expect God to answer. Are you praying for something today that you need God to do for you? Are you ready to expect and believe God for something great today? If you are, just lift your hand and say, God, I'm expecting it. Whatever it is you're praying, God, I'm expecting it. I'm looking for it. I'm anticipating it. I'm seeing it in the name of Jesus. God wants you to see it. He wants you to expect it. He wants you to trust him. Your faith has to be strong. You need to confess the promises of God over your, over your situation and believe that nothing is impossible. He moved mountains. He caused walls to fall with your power. Perform miracles. And we are standing here only because you made a way. Can I tell you? He will move mountains. He'll cause walls to fall. He'll in his power. He'll perform miracles. And nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Somebody's saying to themselves today, I got an impossible situation, pastor. You don't know my circumstance. You don't know my situation. You don't know my God. If you know my God, you'd realize that nothing is too difficult for God to do. He is still the greatest. He's still the best. He's still able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or even think. That's my God. Hallelujah. Is he your God today? Is that the God you serve? Do you expect him to do something awesome in your life? You know, the thing is that when God delivered the man, the Bible tells us the same man that some people passed looked at. You see, when some people saw him in that situation, some people had pity for him. When some people saw him in that situation, some people had compassion for him. When some people saw him in that situation, some people thought he was a loser. But then I want to tell you something. God always saw him as a winner. Because God knew the day his deliverance was coming. There was a day of deliverance coming. And God doesn't look at where you are now. He looks at where you're going to be. And so this morning I want you to understand. God has a day for your deliverance. Weeping may endure for a night. For somebody, you need to know the night may seem long, and it may be a long night. But i got to tell you, there is joy coming in the morning. There is a morning coming. There is a day dawning, and you need to expect it and to believe God that it's going to be coming to pass. And so Peter and this man experienced God's power in a way that many would never see because they did not understand that God has a timetable. God has a timetable. He's working to a timetable. And so this man, after he was healed, the Bible says he was walking and jumping and leaping. Do you know where he was now? He was inside the temple. The one that could not come in at first was now allowed to go in all the way because God had made a way. Can I tell you, maybe on the outside today, you're thinking of yourself being on the outside. But when God gets ready to move, he'll bring you on the inside. 
That's the God we serve. And so here is this man leaping and jumping and praising God because of what God had done for him. And the Bible tells us that the people recognized him. And they said, wasn't this the man that used to sit there? I like when I heard the word used to. <laughs> that was so refreshing. That used to be me. But no longer because God has touched me. Is that somebody here today that can sing, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. And now I know he touched me and made me whole. He touched me. Maybe he wanted to touch somebody today. Oh, he touched me. And oh, what joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me. And takes one touch of the master and your situation that seems so impossible that seems so beyond your comprehension or understanding or possibility because with God there is nothing that is difficult we see difficulties God doesn't see problems God doesn't have a problem he never has a problem he's never in a difficulty He's never in a situation that it baffles him. He is God Almighty. And what the problem is that we try to reason and try to bring God to our level of thinking instead of rising up to understand that God is who he says he is and that he has no limitations. His power is unlimited. His might is unquenchable. He is unstoppable. He is the awesome God. And we need to re remember that when we are in our situation, understand who God is. Now, the final thing I want to bring about this man is that I want you to picture him. The Bible says he was born crippled. It wasn't a sin that he committed that made him crippled. It wasn't that some situation in his life that happened. It wasn't an accident that did that. It was that he was born that way. And I want you to think about this. Watch him as he become from a baby till he become a toddler. And as a toddler, he realized he's different from other toddlers. He sees the other ones walking and wobbling, and he can't do it. And as he, sits, as he grows up some more and he becomes a little boy, he looks out the window and he sees other little boys and girls running around and playing and jumping, some climbing trees, and he realizes he can't do it. He gets older, he's growing up, he becomes a teenager. His friends 
that will come to visit them sometime. They go off and they go to school and they go off to other things. And he can't do anything because he can't go. He's growing up and he's getting more year older and older. And now he's a young man. And then he still can't do anything. Everywhere he goes, he has to be carried. He has to depend on somebody. Years have passed. He's now a grown man. He still has to be dependent on others. And then, one day, one day, God had it all planned. There was a day planned for him. He had no idea that this was on God's calendar. But you know what? God remembered him. God never forgets you, my friend. It may have seemed like a long time. It may seem like you're in your situation forever. And sometimes people in a situation, they say, God, how long? This thing has been going on for a long time, God. It's been many years. It's been so long, the situation. How long is going to go? But can I tell you, God has not forgotten you. Never give up on God. Because one day, one day, one day, just look like another regular day, just like today. And God stepped in and God changed the situation. In a moment, in a moment, this man was now made whole. And he was up and about, not no longer requiring anybody to take him anywhere. But now he could go and buy bread himself. He no longer was a beggar. He was now a free man, a man who could go about, a man who could do and enjoy all the other things like everybody else and, and be independent of everyone else. He was liberated by God, but he did not know the day was coming. But God already had it on his calendar. Could it be your day today? That's why I say to you today, never give up on God. Because you see, when you've been in that situation for so long, you can almost wonder, maybe this is what God has for me. Maybe this is what God is going to allow me to live with for the rest of my life. But can I tell you, there could be a day coming. Oh, glory to God, somebody. There could be a day coming when on God's calendar, it's going to be a day when your day of deliverance. And so you have to live with an expectation. You have to live with an anticipation. You have to live with a belief that God is going to change my circumstance. That there could be a day outlined for me. That's why you don't give up on God. You're saying, but pastor, I've been praying and praying and praying and I haven't seen anything. Don't stop praying. Keep on praying. Because there could be, you could be two days away from it. You could be one day away from it. You could be one hour away from God's deliverance. We don't know when God's hour is for you. That's why you've got to keep on doing what you're doing because this man never know. It's been years and years and years and years, but God never forgot him. He remembered him and at the right time, glory to God, his deliverance came. There is a right time coming, my friend. There is a time for God coming and so don't give up on God. I want you to remember that. So stand together with me. Stand together with me. And if this is your time, if you did this song ministers to you, this is your moment to gather around the altar and say, God, I am not giving up on you. But I am going to depend on you. Hallelujah. How many believe it tonight? Somebody turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, he's able.
Tell somebody else he's able. Tell somebody he's able. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. All you could ask According to the power that works in you, God is able to do just what He said you do. Oh, yeah. He's gonna forever. Don't give up on God, cause he won't give up on you. He's able. Oh yeah, he's able, my friend. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. 
frightening those winds and waves can be. Yet you just have to speak the word and they remain calm. The wind and the waves of the situations in our lives, you just have to speak the word and they too will remain calm. What seems so difficult, God, what seems so hard to us, what seemed like an impossibility, what seemed like it could never be. We know that with you. It is possible. It is possible. You are able. You are able. You are able. We cast away fear. We cast away anxiety. We throw out doubt. And we call in faith, confidence, trust, believe in God, and expect in God to do something. Not just call in God, but with an attitude of expectation, looking for it through the eyes of faith. Believe in God because you're able. You're able, God. It's more than a song. It is a reality. Because your word confirms it. Your word tells us that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask. All that we could ask. Or even think. There is nothing God. That is off limits for your power. There is nothing that is too difficult for you to resolve. No circumstances in the family. No circumstances on the job. No circumstances in the home. No circumstances physically. Emotionally. Financially or spiritually, or whichever way, you are still able. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's able. 
And we thank you, God. We thank you that no devil in hell can stop you when you're ready to work. Because greater is he within us than he that's in the world. So we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Because you're able. You're able. You're able. You're able. We declare today. You're able. Come on, declare. He's able. He's able to take care of my situation. He's able to turn around my circumstance. He's able to make a way for me. He's able. Glory to God. What seems so difficult, God is able because he's God. Because he's God. Because he's in charge. Because he's sovereign. He commands the waves to stop at a point and they can go no further. He has the authority. He has the power. He parts the Red Sea. The people walk on dry land. Dry land. Dry land. In the middle of the ocean. Dry land. Water standing up by the side. When it is not possible for waters to pile up. When it is not possible for waters to stand like a wall. God made walls out of water. What a God you are. What a mighty God. What is my situation that you cannot help? What is my circumstances that is so difficult for you? What is in my situation that you cannot turn around? What is in my little circumstance that you can't handle? You are God Almighty. We turn it over to you today. We turn it over to you today. We turn it over to you today. Turn it over to him right now. Turn it over to him right now. Say, God, I'm turning this situation over to you now. I'm giving it into your hand. I'm casting this care upon you. I'm turning it over to you because you are able. Hallelujah. No more will the devil rob you of your joy. No more will the devil rob you of your peace. No more will the devil rob you of your hope. Because you believe God. You believe God. He's able to do all that he said in his word. He's going to fulfill every promise. Every promise. That's why you need a word from God. That's why you need to hold on to a promise of God. You need to find a promise in the word of God that you're holding on to. A scripture that you hold on to that matches your situation. You need to find that scripture that matches your situation and hold on to it as a promise from God. And say, God, this is what. That's why David says, remember thy word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hold. David had a word. He held on to a word from God. And he says, remember that word, God. There was a time when David reminded God and says, remember that I'm holding on to this word. Your word and it's what I believe in. You're going to fulfill. My friend, you got to believe God. He is able. And if you have fear and anxiety, we got to drive it out and believe God. God will make a way. 
His promise, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. His promise is going to be there with us. When you go through the waters, I'll be there. When you walk through the rivers, they shall not overflow. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Because he says, I am with you. Praise God. Praise God. We serve a wonderful God. A loving God. A caring God. And if you are still afraid, if you are still afraid, you want to say, God, take away my fear. Because he says, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. And of love and of a sound mind. Don't let fear take over. Let faith arise. Father, in the name of Jesus, let faith arise among your people right now. Let the faith of God arise in each and every one. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God Hannah. Give God thank. Give him thank. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together as we dismiss you. We don't have any service tonight, as you heard, but everything begins on Tuesday. We have regular services. Everything returns to normalcy next week. Bible study, young people's meeting, Nawana. It all begins. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. As together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go and don't ever give up on God. First time guests. At the back, Sister Yvonne is there to escort you to the hospitality suite. Those who invited you, please take them to the hospitality suite. Those who are first-time guests, praise God.